0: And welcome back to Reflect Forward. I'm your host, Carrie Siggins, and I'm so glad you are here today. Today, my guest is Rudy Alexander. Rudy is the president of Breadware. Breadware is owned by Stone Age. And uh, so I've met Rudy, oh gosh. guess we started the interview process about this time, uh, two years ago. And so I've just had so much fun getting to know him and I really appreciate so many things about his leadership style, his humility. And I thought it would just be fun to kick off the new year with uh, somebody who I work with. So I hope you really enjoy this conversation with Rudy. I certainly did. So hang tight and I'll be right back with him. Hi, and welcome back, everyone. I hope you're having a great day. I am so excited to have one of my favorite human beings on the planet on the show today, Rudy Alexander, president of Redware. Rudy, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Yeah,
1: thank you, Carrie. I appreciate it. And obviously, the feeling is mutual. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, so Rudy and I work together. Rudy is the president of Breadware, which is an IoT solutions company. IoT stands for Internet of Things, and uh, and Breadware is owned by Stone Age. And so I thought it would just be a really fun way to kick off the year by uh, interviewing Rudy because we work so closely together, and uh, you get to learn a little bit more about what Breadware does because you hear about Stone Age all the time. So I thought it would be fun to, to bring Rudy on the show. So Rudy, can you tell us in your own words a little bit about what breadware does
1: yeah absolutely breadware uh develops and deploys smart devices into uh manufacturing industry and verticals um uh, attacking problems such as um asset tracking predictive maintenance uh condition modeling uh things that are very very critical to corporations as far as their uptime related to their factory floors or anything around those things so um we're excited about the opportunity the industry is exploding and and uh we're just in a very good spot as a company.
0: So one of the things I think is really unique about you coming on uh, was that, we really wanted to transform the company. When when Breadware when Stone Age brought Breadware, Breadware was pure consulting. I uh, Didn't have any products. They just uh, did uh, uh, custom engineering services, and that's a hard company to scale. And uh, when when you came on board, the mission was let's build products and build software and develop a whole solution. So, can you talk a little bit about what it's like to lead such a significant business model transformation uh, with uh, with a company?
1: yeah it's it's challenging but fun and let me explain that a little bit uh you know coming in it it it's uh going from a a company that purely was more of a of a, a custom design type company consulting based company and transforming that into a product and solutions company product and services um creates a lot of um uncertainty uh into the workforce there's a couple of key components to it number one you're taking um products to market, you're transforming yourself out of a pure consulting role, And with that comes um, also a period of time where you're just not seeing the significant sales that you're looking for. And so that begins to test the waters related to, are we doing the right thing? Did we pick the right product? Uh, Is this going to be satisfactory to the marketplace? So a lot of things have to unfold. And quite frankly, uh, you don't always hit on at all. So you've got to be able to pivot and pivot quickly uh, when you hit when you don't hit your mark, Gary.
0: Yeah. And so talk a little bit about that. When you see something's not working and shifting a little bit, can you give an example of having to do that? Because I think leaders face that all the time, but let's face it, a lot of leaders wait too long and they don't move fast enough when when they really need to. So can you give an example of of, of having to pivot yeah. and what that feels like?
1: Yeah, I can give a great example. It happened to us this past year, is that uh, we started off with a sales strategy uh, around uh, a discovery and really call a fast IOT and being able to bring products to market quickly. And um, we have a product, uh, as you by the name of Slice Board, that allowed us to do that and allowed us to get through prototypes very quickly, Um, but it didn't impact our sales implementation. And so what we really had to do and do quickly is round down our product offerings so that we truly had a solution that was off the shelf. And that we could go sell to our to our prospects, our clients, and the value that we're looking for, and so that required us to go out and figure out how to make that happen and then make that happen quickly because time was not our friend. And uh, what I mean by that is, you're you know, we we were able to go out, identify a product, identify what we needed to do through customer interfacing. So these these our products came from a customer that said, "Hey, this is what I need." We were able to validate that that would be needed across the entire industry, uh, not just with a specific customer. And then we were able to look at, okay, how long will this take for us to get to market, which is critical uh, for us to meet our objectives and our financial goals. And, um, you know, we, we, we had to pivot quickly because if we'd have waited any longer to do that, uh, unfortunately we would be in a different situation going into 2024.
0: Yep. Absolutely. So how, uh, how did you lead through this? Because I can imagine that it made people feel uncomfortable. I mean, I know it made people feel uncomfortable, right? We're, we're changing the business model. We're changing who we are at our core. Uh, You know, what were some of the conversations with, with employees that, that you had to help them understand the change and, you know, what, what really worked and maybe some things that didn't work so well? Well, I think
1: the first, the key to it is transparency, uh it's just being completely transparent with the with your with your people and, and helping them understand, you know, that we are looking at ways to scale the business. Um, the business as it exists today is not an exciting business from the standpoint of scale. Uh doesn't it mean it's a bad business. Does not mean that it, yeah. it, it's not something could be productive, but it certainly is not aligned with what we're trying to accomplish. Uh, as a company and uh, with our growth. And so, it, you know, that meant that we traditionally had a lot of engineers that were doing custom design work. So, you know, they were trading time for money and, uh, and they were doing fantastic work, doing fantastic work. But once the job was over, it was over. You had to go still another one. You had to go, you know, you really had to, to work toward this. And, and so I had to sit down our engineering team and, and explain to them that, as we're transitioning from a pure consulting company to a product and solutions company, it will it will still need custom design ser- services and expertise. And but what's going to happen is through this transformation, we're going to be more successful. We're going to be more profitable, and most importantly, you're going to be working on projects that you really care about that are really going to impact the market. And one of the conversations I've always because I've been in the technical industry for so long um engineers software developers etc they want their they want to develop products that are used they love to see them scale they don't like to see them shelved either and so back to the transparency is just sharing with them the vision of where we were taking the company why this is important and the fact that their responsibilities and their job roles and what they're doing actually becomes more important from a product and services company than it was just from a pure services organization. I will tell you that that they didn't buy into that from day one, <laughs> but they certainly bought into it over time, especially as they began to see things transform and 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 what we were saying we were getting done, uh, and and that was real proof to them from an engineering perspective. So that was pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, and I I can imagine, especially engineers, right? They're naturally skeptical beings, at least uh, a lot of them are. Not all of them. Uh, so I can imagine where that was some. There was some skepticism there, of like, you know, is this really going to work? And and how are we going to do this? Um, how did you keep people motivated? Uh, because obviously, things like this transformations, they always take longer than what you want them to. Uh, how do you keep people motivated as you're going through this and you're you know trying to build product and get it ready for market and, and introduce it to the market uh, in a relatively short period of time, but it still can feel like a long time.
1: You know, obviously I said earlier about transparency, but the biggest thing is every one of us wants to be a part of something that's going to be successful. Every one of us wants to contribute to that process. Uh, all of us want to see something come into come to fruition, and so in order to make that happen with the employees and everything, it was, it was constant communication. Uh, this is this is uh, you know as, as you well know I spend a lot of time out uh, out in Reno. I spend a lot of time on phones, on Teams and Zoom in this world crazy world we live in now. And the reality is, you just got to keep that open communication. It's got to be consistent, and and when you do make a mistake, you just admit it. You know, I missed on that one. Um, guys, can you bail me out? (laughs) you know, how can we do this a little bit differently? Where did I go? I remember when we launched, when we decided uh, as a company to invest and launch, uh, the new products, some of the new products we've got coming out. Um, I remember going to lunch and to dinner with the engineers and saying, Hey, this is what I'm thinking. Tell me why I'm wrong. Tell me where I'm messing up. Tell me why this won't work. And by the way, if, if it truly isn't something that can tackle a large percentage of the marketplace, then let's identify why now and let's pivot and go a different direction. They just loved being a part of those conversations and, and they were real. They were transparent and, and, and then they could go off and do what we needed them to do with the, obviously the skill sets that they have. So they just loved it. And in the bottom line there is they loved being a part of it and they loved owning it um, and, and they're seeing it now. And so I, you know, and what's really interesting to me is as they became more and more part of it, their work ethic became better and better and better. Um, and not the work ethic was bad. That's not my point, but they, they, you know, it consumes you, you start to get really into things and that's, that's, yeah,
0: it's, it kind of goes back to what you're saying like that, you know, they're, they're there, they want to be part of something that's successful. And so when you feel like, Ooh, I'm doing something for a bigger reason, uh, then you do have more ownership over it rather than, okay, I just have to get this done, check the box, okay, move on to the next project.
1: You just sparked something in my mind is that part of it is too, that, that you've, you've got to have support. And I just continually reiterated, reiterated, reiterated that we had the support of our parent company and our board for the goals that we're trying to accomplish. And because people don't like the uncertainty, um, and so we did that on an ongoing basis. And, you know, again, once we were transparent with that, we, um, you know, when challenges need to be addressed, we address them. Uh, we didn't shy away from problems. Um, and they respect that. And, so, you know, it's it's an, it's nothing different than you and I want.
0: Yeah. And I think it really does speak volumes, the fact that through this big transformation uh, that, that most of everybody stayed, right? The only people who who've left are, are people who maybe, you know, it wasn't the right fit. And so I think that's a real testament to being able to, to lead well through transition is that people are like, you know what, especially engineers when the market's so hot, right. (laughs) To say, I want to stay and be part of this. I want to stay and be part of this. I think that's, I think that's a, you know, that that proves that you're doing something right.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, that's uh, quite frankly, um, if you ask me, what was what's one of the most gratifying things to me? It's it, it's that whenever I know we're making a difference in people's lives, um, and 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 I don't mean just on a, a professional level, but even on a personal level, we talk a lot about knowing the whole self, knowing the whole being, and what's important to them. And and when they know you know that and you care about them, uh, they 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 run through walls and they and they believe in it, and and that's how we run the company and. I, I think ultimately we've been very fortunate. We haven't you're right, we have not lost key people. Um and um I'm I'm excited about that. I mean, it's just they just are just a great uh they're a great asset to the organization.
0: Yep. So I like that you said care. Okay, building a culture of care is so important. Um obviously, you know, that's something that I really believe in. Have you been part of other organizations, led other organizations that cared like the quite like this one does? Like, you know, how has this been a thread through your career?
1: Um, the the answer is no. Uh, I, um, I come, as you well know, I, I have started several companies and sold companies and been a part of the whole private equity world, if you will, uh, where I went out and raised a bunch of capital. And, and um, that's not a, bad model it's not right or wrong uh, but it's really about uh, the results and nothing else and and so you just don't get the same level of commitment to culture and what that means to an organization um, as far as me personally I can tell you that was a shift You know, um, it, it, when you come from a world for so long and then you're um, making a shift to really quite likely be be menace to the person you are, it's a shift. And that, that was a challenge for me for a period of time. But I feel like I've, I've come a long, long way in that.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. So tell me, um, what was the most challenging? Like what made you feel uncomfortable about that whole, you know, I, hey, I had to put on this, front being in the private equity world because all that mattered was results. And then now here, you know, I'm at a place that, that really values like being real, showing up as your whole self. Like you just talked about, you know, what did you, what was, what was so uncomfortable and what did you do to get yourself more comfortable with it?
1: You know, I I said something uh, earlier about transparency. Um, And I feel like I'm a very transparent, honest person, but it was hard for me to just lay it all out there. Um, and, and laying it all out there means, um, making sure that you're not just doing it with your boss, but, but everybody on the team, you know, your peers and laying it out there and saying, ah, you know, I, I, I I didn't really think of that, or I, I, that was a mistake on my part. Um, um, I should have came to come to you sooner and we could have avoided this. And the reason why that was so difficult is because. In my old world, I was the buck stops here guy, right? And so there wasn't that level of culture. There's a balance between that and being too um, optimistic or however you want to put it. And so um, that balance is what I'm really getting comfortable with now. And, and, and some, some things you just got to tell, boom, like it is, and sometimes you can um, maybe soften the blow a little bit, and and just making sure that that's that that's done appropriately, and um, so it's it's been a bit of balance, and and um, I feel like in the last year and a half, I've learned a lot about Rudy, and so I think that's important.
0: I love that. That is what I want everybody. to mean, it's like to for everybody to say, "I learned about myself and hopefully became a better human being," uh, having you know been part of this organization. That is the the greatest compliment. That's the coolest thing. So I'm really glad that you've been able to learn about yourself. That's fantastic.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Um, as you well know, you know, when I came here, I came here to. Uh, knowing the challenge, knowing that we had a big challenge ahead of us, but at the same time came here to, uh, help contribute to the vision and build. And, um, and, uh, I think we're in a great spot for that. I'm excited.
0: So what is the biggest thing that you've learned about yourself? Cause I love that question, right? As leaders are going through something that's transformational for themselves as well. Uh, you know, what, what was an aha or like, I'm really glad that I know this about myself now.
1: You know, it's like, that's actually an easier question now uh, than I expected it to be. Uh, don't always have to be in the sales mode. Yeah. Does that make sense? I just, you know, um, I, I will tell you that in the private equity world that I was used to, you're always in the sales mode yeah. um, for a lot of reasons, right? And, um, and and I, and, I, and I, maybe that was uh, the history of me, but, but I've learned, a lot about myself in the sense that, you know, I don't always have to be selling. I can, you know, I, I can just be Rudy, uh, which Mm -hmm. is transparent, honest, uh, trustworthy, which is things i take very seriously. And, um, and when bad news needs needs to be delivered, just delivered. Um, that I don't need to, I don't need to wrap it up in a bowl. I mean, bad news is bad news. Good news is good news. So I've learned that about myself in the last year and a half for sure.
0: And you like that better?
1: I do. I do. I do. Yeah. I do. I'll Tell you what's funny is I sleep better.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's like great. Don't, you, just don't,
1: you just don't. I'll give aside. You just don't find yourself second guessing, right? Um, yeah. You know, if, if 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 I've had conversations, then the conversations were real, and you're not second guessing the conversation or yourself afterwards. And yeah. and you know, it's all out there, and then you just figure it out. Um, I think part of that is just, again, um, not only the transparency and and the trust, but it's a two-way street, right? So I got complete trust in you and complete transparency, as you well know, and and with the board and with uh, our other team members, our peers, my peers. So um, everybody's here for the right reasons. I think that makes a difference.
0: Yep. And, you know, people want to work for real people, real leaders. I found that, Um, you know, I'm very honest about my, you know, my story, my past, and I'm about as real as it gets, right? This is what you see is what you get. Uh, some people love that. And some people, maybe not so much, but I do think that people appreciate realness and I wish more leaders could embrace that. And I do think that you're right, right? Your experience is that, that you felt you really had to modify yourself for what the job required, what that leadership role required. I have to always be selling. I can't come in and talk about culture to private equity, right? It's just about the numbers and and how I'm delivering. And there's no concern about who I am as a person and how my team is doing. And so you get conditioned to thinking like, oh hey, okay, my work self is this. Uh, and then I'm like this in my my, my, my personal life, my real life. But When you get to work for a real leader, a person who shows up as their true selves, flaws and all, Mm -hmm. I think it's so much more relatable for people. And we as a society have put leaders on, I think, you know, crazy undeserved pedestals (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, and especially people who aren't really actually great leaders. They might be really brilliant, really smart, doing innovative things, but are really actually not great people leaders, um, you know, who inspire people to be their best. And so, um, so that realness, I think, is something that's really important. And, you know, I would like to understand you know, your perspective on, on working for somebody who's real, how being more real has improved your ability to connect with your employees and, and lead through such a significant transformation.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I can tell you that when your leaders are laying it all out there, good and bad, and you're sometimes a little bit stunned and that you're having mm-hmm. that that level of conversations is part of been some of my transformation as well. And I can tell you that it 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 has it has impacted my leadership style from the standpoint that I take that and I, I do the exact same thing with people within breadware. I not only do it with people with breadware, I do it with, you know, people I work with at Stone Age across the board. It gives you a best way I could describe it, Carrie, is it gives you a comfort feeling of mm-hmm being able to expose yourself. Does that make yep. sense? Because yeah. Yeah. now if I was working for a leader that, that didn't do that, I don't think I would have gone through some of the transformation I've gone through in the last year and a half, to be yeah. frank. Um, yeah. hey, that goes a long way. and And I've learned that about myself. And now I'm Look, I still fall back in the old ways every now and then, but it, but I'm a lot better than I was.
0: And that's really what this whole journey is about, and it's why leadership is so important. And we're role modeling every day what we want people to act like within our companies what's acceptable what's what is even expected in an organization and so if leaders are you know they want they, they say okay I want a culture that's transparent and open and trust but they're not willing to you know give that trust to be transparent to be vulnerable themselves why would anybody else do it and so you know, I think what you just said right there is just such a great example of why role modeling matters. Uh, And you have to really walk the walk, not just talk the talk. If you want to create a culture, you know, an intentional culture, if you're not role modeling, it, it will never happen. That's right.
1: And you know, what's interesting is, is what's, what's also important as a part of that, everything you're saying is when you have this level of communication and you have this, this, what I call true meaningful leadership, then you can have meetings that are that are uh, you know that you, you you disagree on things and yeah. and you don't walk away from that meeting pissed off upset right. uh, you walk away from that meeting saying okay that's i get it or or maybe you don't get it maybe it's like you just agree to disagree but you still walk away with a strong level of comfort that you're both on the same page yeah. because 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 everybody's coming from an, the, an angle that we're trying to do what's best interest of the business and the company and what we're trying to do. And, and I think if you if you have that level of com- conversation, great things can happen.
0: You know, one of the things I really appreciate about you is your humility. Uh, you just are such a humble person. Where did that come from? And how does that really show up in your leadership style? Oh, uh,
1: you, know, I, you know, I think it probably has a lot to do with, with the way, obviously, I was raised. Um, I came from the other side of the tracks, as I used to, as I always call it so I had to work hard at everything he did. I was just never always the, the, the best athlete. I was a good one. I wasn't the smartest guy in the class, but I was pretty smart. Um, and I knew I could outwork anybody. Uh, and so, and with that, you know, and, and then when I run into folks that were better athletes, better, smarter than me and et cetera, uh, I just always looked at them and said, what can I learn? How, what can yeah. I take away from them? And, and then, and then the other part of it is I'll tell you, um, I, I, you know, you come out of school and you, you, you think you've hung the moon a lot of times and you think you're really, you're really good. And I think I had some good bosses along the way that corrected me uh, and said, you know, Rudy, you are good, but, y- you know, you need to exercise humility and grace. And um, yeah. and it and, and did. And it's proved out to do very well for me, um, both in my personal life and my professional life.
0: Humility really does matter, and I think that it's easy to lose our grounding uh, yeah. when we do achieve success in in our lives and in our careers. But remembering where we came from, you know, especially humble beginnings like like you, like myself, uh, never we never want to forget that because no. it is it's what makes us again. It's what makes us real. Um, I always tell people the names this, the title CEO. That's just a bunch of letters behind my name. I am a, I have a role to play in this company and my goal is to play it as well as I possibly can. But my position is no better than anybody else's. No, my role is no better than anybody else. I am no better than anybody else. I am a contributor to this team who has a role to play. And my job is to play it as well as I possibly can. And I think that that's a really, I wish more leaders kind of had that mentality
1: because
0: Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of people feel like, oh, you know, my, my team's here to serve me. Yeah. And that's so the opposite, right? We are here to serve our teams. We're here to serve our customers. We're here to serve our communities. We're here to se- serve the broader business community because businesses can make such a positive impact on the world um, if they're intentional about it. But, but yeah, I think that along the way, you can easily lose that service mindset when you De- do start to achieve success. So it's always good when you have somebody who can hold you accountable and when you always remember where you came from.
1: Oh, no question about it. And I agree 100% with the the service mentality. I mean, to me, yeah. one, one of the um, worst phone calls I think I get, and you do get them, is, is whenever you have a really solid contributor who is upset about something or maybe feels like they were treated properly or whatever. And we, as leaders, we get those calls. They, they, I feel like I've been punched in the gut by Mike Tyson. I mean, it's, it's, it's just that kind of a feel. And so what I immediately do is go into correction mode to listen, to understand, to seek uh, some level of understanding so that, so that we can get on a path to recovery. I I don't go talk to that person, think I'm going to solve it in in a single conversation, you know, cause something led up to it. And I think you, you just gotta, you just gotta take action. And, uh, but that's, that's, that's one of the things that's always a bad phone call when you get, uh, you know, somebody who's, you know, as an employee or a direct report or whatever the case may be, that's just not happy because of certain reasons. And I always say that can be prevented.
0: Well, it sounds like you're really empathetic. Um, I know you are, but, uh, you know, you have a, you definitely have a strong empathy streak in you. Have you always been that way? Or is that something you've had to develop? Uh,
1: no, I've had to develop that as well. I mean, it's just come with uh, experience. Um, and understanding, you know, people and, um, you know, in our job and our role, uh, look, we, we, we always have to make tough decisions and we, and some of those tough decisions are unfortunately letting people go. And, um, you know, I learned a long time ago that when you do have to make that decision, um, you need to make sure that that individual walks away with their dignity intact. And, and, and every, because everybody understands, look, we're, we're a results oriented world. So, so, you know, we have to produce results. That's what we're here for. Um, It's, you know, business is not a playground. You know, you just got to make sure that um, you're in that constant communication and trying to resolve all the challenges along the way.
0: Yep. I agree. All right. Well, as we wrap things up, I want to ask you my signature question. Uh, I'm really curious your answer because I've never asked you this before. Uh, So the name of this podcast is Reflect Forward. Uh, What does Reflect Forward mean to you?
1: You know, it's interesting reflect forward means to me a complete evaluation of my personal and professional goals and, and my faith, uh, in what, and how all those three, how those things really come together because reflecting forward and, and really paying attention to those things means that I have been gifted to probably make a difference in a lot of people's lives. And that to me is the ultimate satisfaction, you know, right. and, and that's what reflecting forward means to me right. in those three main areas is how can, how can I really change people's lives and uh, make an impact on them? And and that's important to me. You know, I, I, you've heard me say this before. I don't, I don't take a job at, the, you know, I jobs, the job's not important to me, but being able to do those things and being able to grow something and build something and make something really, Makes positive impacts on people's lives is is reflecting forward.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you have to pull from your past experiences to be able to do that, right? You have to yeah. everything that you've built, you just continue to build upon.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Question about it. So,
0: yeah, that's great. That's yeah. great. All right. Well, how can people find you, uh, and how can people find Breadware?
1: Oh, fantastic! They can find uh, me at Rudy.Alexander at Breadware dot com, and uh, they can find Breadware of uh, Go on to our website, redware.com, and um, take a look at some exciting things we're doing and um, reach out to me. Um, I always call you about, call back. I It may take me a day, but I, I always return my calls, and I'd love to hear from you and love to chat with you. And, and uh, Carrie. I got to tell you, I, I absolutely love this conversation. I love the leadership calls, and, and uh, I appreciate your leadership and what's going on with this company and how we can move this thing forward.
0: Thank you, thank you. Well, I feel the same way, and thanks for coming on and sharing a little bit about your background. And like I said, I I talk about Stone Age, I talk about breadware, but it was just such a great opportunity to have you come on and and uh, and also to have you know people see like like the interaction. Uh, I should have more employees on this yeah. show because I wonder sometimes if people are like, yeah, that culture stuff that she talks about is that real? It is. Is that for real? <laughs> Well, awesome.
1: <laughs> I could tell you it is real and it's, um, it's been a, it's been a good transformation. It's ongoing, uh, but it's been great. It's been great.
0: Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, I really appreciate it, Rudy.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And I'll, I'll be talking to you guys soon. Thanks.
0: Thanks. All right. Hang tight, everybody. I'll be right back. All right, everyone. Thanks so much. I hope you enjoyed that interview again. Happy new year. Uh, and I look forward to seeing you next week. If you like this podcast, please write a review, share it with a friend, uh, subscribe to it, it always helps with the algorithms. Thanks so much. Have a great day.